Welcome back to Misunderstood. It is happy hour. It is Friday, August 4th. We are so excited that you're with us. Hi, Kelly. How are you from Iowa? Hi, Rachel. I'm great. I'm doing swell. Oh, good. That's such an Iowa thing (laughs) to reply. Um, So we have so much to cover today. Um, So much. Yeah. So do you want to kick it off with what you'd like to talk about? Oh, my gosh. Okay, put me on the spot. Jeez. Well, okay. We had some great episodes this week. Two of my favorites, actually. So we had Bodito on Monday, Jay Godfrey on Wednesday. And those were like two totally different episodes, but both done in New York while we were there. And they were amazing. Um, Very interesting. Bo had some awesome crime stories to tell. And then, of course, everyone knows by now we went out to Reos afterwards. And then Jay... This is a subject that is super interesting to me. Ketamine therapy for mental health issues, depression, PTSD, stuff like that. I'm going to a music festival this weekend. Maybe there will be ketamine there. I don't know, but it's not going to be doctor facilitated like it is in Nushama. So, yeah. 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 Well, it was so great being in New York and meeting these guys in person and having um, to get the opportunity to sit down with them and really ask some questions one-on-one. Bo is such an interesting character. That episode was really good and really energized. I want to say we covered all sorts of topics and people might know him more for being in the headlines regarding the housewives of New Jersey, but this guy has such a track record and is such a huge um, homicide detective, private investigator. He's solved over 1400 different crimes. Um, and you know, he's just so interesting. So that was a really interesting episode. And then we had, as you said, Jay, who was the CEO of Nushama wellness, which you guys all have to Google when you're done with this podcast. So interesting. You can get, um, ketamine infused treatments within an hour to 90 minutes, go in and come out feeling like a different person. They recommend six treatments. It's in New York city, right now, but he talked all about why talk therapy uh, is kind of fading out and psychedelic therapy is becoming a thing. And he believes that in 10 years time, that will be what is prescribed as opposed to talk therapy or medicines, which don't get to the root of the issue. They just, the medicines cover up the, the hurt feelings and whatever physically is going on with you, but they don't actually target it. And that with the ketamine infused treatment, you really um, target what's going on in your head and your heart and hopefully um, get some relief. So it was a very interesting episode for sure. I'm excited to hear what people think about it through the weekend. Um, So please take a listen to that. Absolutely. I am excited to have companies like this clinic put big pharma companies that just try to put a bandaid on it, you know, with their pills and, you know, take this, you'll feel better. I'm really excited for the future of PTSD and depression treatment. I think it's awesome. So would you do the ketamine infused treatment if you were given the opportunity? I would. I, I, I don't feel like I have a lot of like, you know, depression or mental health stuff or anything anymore. I feel like I've thoroughly gotten through my baggage over the years, but no, no um, demons I think- right now. Not really. I think that was more in my younger days. I'm much better now, but um, I'm very interested in it. I think it works. I think it works for a lot of people. I would try it just out of curiosity. I'd be a little bit nervous because 
what if you have like a bad trip or something, which he talks about in the episode, that's very rare, but um, I would definitely try it for sure. Doctor facilitated. Yes, I would try that. Yes, uh, me too. Would you? Yeah, I mean, I'm really scared of um, ayahuasca, stuff like that, because, um, you know, they say that you shit your pants and you throw up everywhere. So I'm curious about that whole process. And that is actually what's hindering me from doing it. I feel like I'm somebody who's been through a lot in my life and I would benefit from ayahuasca. Um, and I hear you don't even need to be going through anything to, to benefit from it, but I would love to try it. I just am petrified of throwing up. When I was four years old, I ate poison berries and my mother gave me Ipecac on the recommendation of the poison control center. So I violently threw up. And to this day, I'm I literally have a phobia of it. Like I'd rather be on a hijacked airplane than throw up. I mean, I'm not kidding. It scares the we, shit out of me. And by the way, I have not thrown up since I was four. Don't you think that's weird? Anytime that's I, so I weird. get sick or like I get a stomach ache or whatever, I calm myself down so that I don't throw up. And then I don't go on roller coasters. I don't eat weird food. I don't really get drunk. Um, I'm v- And if I ever hear someone say, oh, I don't feel well, I think I'm going to throw up, I like panic. I run the other way. If I hear someone dry yes. heave, forget about it. I might pass out. Like it scares the shit out of me. So anyway. Uh, we're, we're lucky I didn't throw up when I came to visit you at your house a while back because I throw up. I, I, I'm a puker. Are I you? Am. Yeah. I'm a puker. It doesn't take me much. So really? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I don't really Speaking have any friends puking, that are pukers. Really? I do. Um, because I'm such a lightweight, I can drink maybe like two drinks and then I'm like totally drunk. And you know, it's just, sometimes it doesn't end well as we heard a few weeks ago. So, but speaking of puking, there might be some puking this weekend. I don't know. I, like I said, we're, I'm going to a music festival with my oldest son. Um, things get a little crazy, you know, I don't know. What is the music festival? It is called Hinterland. It's an Iowa music festival. So it's like a very like small scale version, like a little mini Coachella in the Midwest. Not quite as cool, but it's kind of like that. Oh, very um, nice. yeah. So that's what I'm doing. But last weekend, you had an epic weekend. Well, I um, went to Aspen and I got to go to a fundraiser for Big Green, which is a really interesting um, foundation that supports um, teaching kids to grow food to make their food. Um, And they have it in schools, they have it in different backyard projects, camps. Um, And it is supported by Kimball Musk, the brother of Elon, and his wife, Christiana. And it was just like a very interesting group of people. It was a very interesting um, fundraiser. They made a lot of money during their auction for the cause, which was really nice. And, um, you know, I, I was really honored to be there and be a part of it. I got to meet Jewel, who has performed there in the past. We talked about both being from Anchorage, Alaska. So that was really fun. She's very sweet and very beautiful. She got up on stage and played um, one of the guitars that was being auctioned off. Um, and so that was that was nice. And then the musical group this weekend, tell me if you've heard of them. They're called Daybreakers. You know, I haven't. No, what kind of like what genre are they? Well, so it's very interesting. They have this like, I don't know if the word is community, but for example, in New York, people get up really early and go to a daybreakers event and they dance before the day starts. And it's the way that you break your day, kind of you, you start your day and you get a lot of energy from it. And it's kind of like, 
it feels like music that you can't, it's not music you can sing to. It feels like a rave a little bit, but I was like, I can't imagine getting up at like six or five in the morning, going and dancing like this. And then, you know, going home, showering and going to work. It feels so awkward, but people do it. People love it. It's like a whole thing. Wow. I think that sounds amazing. That anyway, sounds so, like right up my alley. Yeah. So that was <laughs> the performing um, band. So that, that was very cool. But anyways, I'm happy to be home and getting ready for school to start um, here in Florida, which is interesting. Wyatt, my daughter and I have just moved here from New York City. It's going to be a whole new school year for her, a whole new class. And um, she has been in New York City with her father and my mother, who also lives there, um, for the summer. And um, now she will be coming down here to me. So that's been an interesting process of splitting up time with us in different states because that's never happened before. And so I think it'll be a transition for her. How do you guys do that? That seems like a lot of work, a lot of co-parenting stuff involved with that. How do you make that work? So, you know, normally this is something I would not talk about, but I'm going to talk about it because I think it's important. I think a lot of people sugarcoat the co-parenting thing. Um, And, you know, I've seen some podcasts with people that um, it's all about co-parenting and it's all, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to not react and how to appreciate your co-parent. Well, you know, what about for us that have been really suffering as co-parents because we are not getting the kind of support that we feel we should be, or that's even like a normal level. And I feel like I have not said anything for a long time, if ever, but co-parenting has been very hard in my situation. I have been divorced. My daughter's 11. I've been divorced almost nine of those years. You would think that um, we don't need to talk about anything besides pick up, drop off, details with their daughter. But my um, my ex has absolutely no boundaries. He's st- you know he's still borrowing my mother's car every weekend with a new wife every year, um, just about with a new baby here and there. And um, it's it you know I don't speak to his parents. When I speak to his parents, it's about my daughter and about her visiting and you know making sure that they you know, are okay and how everything's going when she's visiting them, you know, but besides that, I would never think to ask to borrow anything from them, you know, no, it's, that's weird. even if it was yeah. for Wyatt, I would never think to ask them to pitch in for anything, you know? Um, so it, it's just very odd to me because my mother is pitching in for bills for my ex-husband. She's pitching in for, what? yeah, for all sorts of things. And, wow. um, his new, okay. wa- his new wife, uh, has no problem with that, which I also think is weird. And my my ex-husband is very verbally abusive. And so that's hard because you have to keep that from your kids. And sometimes when your daughters or your kids are the age that mine are, they see all that. That's why I got divorced to begin with. I didn't want a personal relationship with him. It was not working. So when you have this narcissistic, toxic person who is just out to get you and still nine years later doing anything they can to just argue, it seems very sickening to me and, and unstable. And, you know, and they call you all those like keywords. They call me all the names, crazy, manic, not a good mom, you know, all the things that they can think of that they think are going to like disempower me. And all it does is give me the power because I'm like, this guy, it's so obvious. It's like a, a a flashing light of how miserable he is, how obsessed he still is with like wanting to find out what's going on in my life. And it's really awful. So co-parenting has been very difficult. I'm so happy that I now live in a different state. 
I will refuse to talk about anything with him besides when he sees my daughter and when he doesn't, because it's none of his business. It's never been his business, but he's been able to really affect, you know, a lot of stuff going on when I'm right down the street. Now it's just not. And I think, you know, and I learned this from being on celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew, because I have a mother who behaves inappropriately as well. A lot of people know what that's like to have a narcissistic parent. Um, and how, uh, emotionally upsetting that can be traumatizing sometimes. And, um, you know, Dr. Drew told me a good lesson that when you are doing well, when you are getting healthy, the people that still are coming after you, the still people that want to put you down are the people that are just really getting jealous that you're getting healthy and they're not, and they're getting nervous that you're rising above and they're not. And I think that's, that was such an important lesson for me because now I'm able to tune out all those dumb comments because those are a reflection of them. And it's a reflection of how they want to put me down so that they feel better. And I've gotten healthy enough and independent enough that I'm like, it's almost laughable. It's like, wow, that's just how awful do they feel that they're trying to make me feel even worse. And the only solution for that is to cut them out. You know, yeah, and I tried I to cut my mother yeah. out um, many years ago and she actually had the audacity to sue me for grandparents rights, which is a thing in Manhattan, if you could believe that. So, you know, there are people that are just have a lot of ego, a lot of narcissistic and toxic traits. And the best thing to do is get your life to a place where you do not need them. You do not care about their opinion and you can literally move on. So I'm so happy that I'm at that stage and it's just so gross and laughable that there are still people that have that personality where they just want to hurt other people. It's just gross. People hurt people. That's That's what they say. What is your co-parenting? Like, I know you have three kids with two different guys, right? Yeah. 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 So I got married really young. The first time I was 19, we have Ian who's 26. And then I got married 12 years ago and we had two boys who are nine and 11 now. So fortunately I get along well with both of them. Now with the first one, you know, we were young and feisty. We did not always get along very well. It took several years before we got to a place where, you know, we got along and that our new people in our lives and stuff, we got along with them too. But it's easy to say like, oh, you need to co-parent positively. You need to do do this. But when you are involved with a toxic person, all bets are off. All of that goes out the window. So I definitely sympathize. I feel like I've had it pretty easy with my exes for the most part. Like we don't fight or anything. We get along. Like we are flexible with our schedules. We don't even really have like a set schedule. Like I get the boys on these days, you get them these days. We like, if he has plans, I'll work with him. If I have plans, we work together on our schedules. So I've been super lucky and Oh man, I've seen, yeah. You know, some of the interactions with you and your ex and stuff. And I really, Oh, wouldn't wish that upon anyone. I, like I said, I've been lucky. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, moving on, let's, uh, talk about some, uh, some of the things that have happened this week in the news. What have you got for me? Oh my God. So, oh my gosh. Well, I used to be into true crime. So, uh, I saw the story about Taylor Shabiznes. Oh, what a Uh, last name. What is that? I mean, I don't know. That's not. That's so weird. I mean, I've never heard a last name like that. Who's she, in business? Like, she needs to mind business. Yeah, she did not true. mind business. So she, uh, so in this meth fueled sexcapade, she and her boyfriend Shad 
theory on. They're from Wisconsin. They were hopped up on meth, had this whole sex thing going. They were into like rough sex, choking, things like that. And she was choking him with a dog collar during sex. She admitted to this. She was like, what would happen if I just didn't stop? So, you know, obviously her thoughts weren't rational. She was on drugs at the time. She shows no remorse. She just gave all the details to the police. She just, she said she enjoyed it. She kept going until she choked him to death. And this story is so freaking sick. Like we were talking about it last night and I was reading about it and it gave me a stomach ache. Like I felt literally nauseated when I read the details. She ended up decapitating him. She played with his corpse afterwards. She cuddled him. She did more sex stuff with his body and it ended up she cut off his penis and his head threw them in a bucket in the basement and his poor mother found that the jury found her guilty in like i don't know it was something super quick like 30 minutes yeah, or something obviously. like that obviously well what's crazy about that is like how did she even decapitate him how did she cut him him up into little parts it was with the kitchen knife i believe and that takes people a lot of strength, right? I mean, that seems crazy. Is she blaming it on the drugs completely? Do you know? I mean, I don't even think she's like blaming it on really anything. She just seems to be like an evil demon sent from hell. She just enjoyed it. She isn't showing remorse. She's really not making much of an excuse. I mean, she's saying it was meth related. She was on drugs, but she's not really doing a whole lot to redeem herself. So it's just super bizarre, totally bizarre. And if you read the articles, I don't even know if I really want to say it on our show, but she was cutting and doing other things to his body at the same time, just loving it. It's just so gross. So wow. gross. well, this woman obviously needs to be in prison. Thank God she is. And the justice system worked well for her. Also, I believe uh, a couple of days ago, they came out sentencing Lori Vallow. Finally, if you guys remember, Lori Vallow was a woman from, was it Idaho or Iowa? Oh, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Idaho, who went on sort of a religious, what's the word, campaign? She went on a religious journey. Uh, just like a breakdown. Well, I mean, she just lost her freaking mind right. over, for the most part. Over yet. Jesus. And I think it was over the world ending. She believed the world was going to end in July. Um, there was a string of deaths. First, it was her ex-husband who sort of questioned her motives. And one day he came into the house and her brother, Alex, shot him. People thought it was an accident. People thought it was self-defense. Then the next person who died was, I believe, the wife of the man who she married two weeks later. And then after that, Alex mysteriously died. And they all thought these were completely unrelated. I don't know why. Meanwhile, her children were missing. It was... Kylie and... JJ. And one of them was maybe autistic. I remember that one of them had a little bit of a disability of some sort. And they were missing for something like six months. No one could find them. She kept alluding to the fact that they were visiting someone and the police would come and look for um, the kids and she would just give all sorts of answers. She ended up going away to Hawaii with her new husband and eventually somebody arrested them because they kept lying about where these kids were. And I think at some point it was common sense that the kids were no longer with us. They ended up finding the bodies in Chad Daybell's backyard. That is the person she married. And, you know, I think she was alluding to the fact that Alex may have helped kill them. He's the brother that died, so we can't hear from him. But she was sentenced to what? Life in prison? Is that where we're at with that? Yeah. 
as far as I know, I, I saw life in prison. So yes, so bizarre because like you said, religious undertones, obviously to this, she thought her kids were actually demons. They had a scale of like how demonically uh, possessed people were and they needed to kill them based on the certain scale. It was so crazy. And um, they both, it seems like they, they both believed that this was reality and they had some friends who were very concerned with them in the time leading up to this. It was just another super bizarre crime case. There've been lots of documentaries already made about it, lots of podcasts and stuff. So it's one we've been following. So yeah. Well, all right. So good. She had, um, she got what she had coming and, um, I don't think anyone thought she was going to get out, but I wanted to sort of hear her go to trial. I wanted to hear what she had to say. This episode is brought to you by better help. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. I personally have been through a lot of trying times in my life, trauma, grief, for example, I think those are universal themes that people can really understand. I lost my fiance, Andy, in 9-11, and the pain was unbearable. Since then, I've gone through other traumas that didn't feel as big, but I still needed to talk to somebody. And having somebody I didn't know that well, but was really good at listening, felt like the right thing to do. And it was so helpful to me. I love that I can have someone to talk to that isn't one of my close friends that I can just confide in and feel like it's between us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I signed up for this just the other day. I've already been matched to the most perfect therapist for me, so I will let you guys know how that goes, but I'm super excited to try this service. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash understood today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash understood. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash understood and get on your way to being your best self. Guys, I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners you can personalize to your own taste and lifestyle. I try to be very conscious of what I eat and I love that everything in Green Chef is pre-proportioned for me without having to measure. And as the only keto meal kit, which is super exciting, Green Chef makes sticking to a carb-conscious lifestyle so easy. I take my health very seriously, and I love it the Green Chef does as well by bringing me seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. It's summertime, you guys, which means if you're like me, you're busier than ever with activities, kids at home, holidays. And what I love about Green Chef is that everything is done for you. All you have to do is throw it together and it's ready in literally less than 30 minutes. It's so fast. It's really going to save you time this summer. And even when you go back to school with the kids, these are great options to make spending time with them easier. So you're spending less time in the kitchen. Now, let me tell you about the meal that I most recently made. It was so amazing. I took it out of the box. It has a card that teaches you exactly how to cook. I am not a chef. And I swear to you that within 30 minutes, I was eating a meal that tasted like I got it out of a restaurant. Sage brown butter chicken piccata is my new favorite thing. And you guys should order it because it's phenomenal. And I have a couple other meals. I'm making one for dinner tonight. I'm going to make one for dinner tomorrow. And I can't wait for my next box from Green Chef to arrive. 
So you guys, I'm telling you, you have to give Green Chef a try today. Use our special discount code for a great deal. It's 50% off. Go to greenchef.com slash understood50 and use code understood50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash understood50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Yeah. And then something else crazy. Um, you got me hooked on this show, this Netflix show called Deep Fake Love. <laughs> and um, I got really into that. Uh, oh, yeah. So you guys, uh, if you need some suggestions of what to be watching this week, I stumbled upon this weekend um, something on Netflix. It was one of the top rated shows. So I clicked on it. It's called Deep Fake Love. It's Spanish, but it's in subtitles. I was hooked and I watched every episode till the very end. And then I got Kelly hooked on it. Um, This was so upsetting and you guys should totally check it out because it's so bizarre, but they set up uh, one, two, three, four, five couples. I think it was four or five couples that are in deep relationships, loving relationships. One was a gay couple. The rest were couples that had been together. I mean, they had been together for six years, I want to say. And the rest of the couples had been together for something like nine years to eight months. They were separating them into different houses. They just, you know, separated them down the middle. It didn't matter who was with who. And then they paired those houses with maybe what, seven or eight um, very good looking, savvy, interesting people to see if they would cheat. And that was the premise of the show to see if their love was real or fake. And then you can tell them about the twist. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah, so beautiful people, super in love, it seemed. So they put them in these scenarios and then they would bring the one side of the couple into the hot seat basically and say, We've got a video of what your significant other has been doing while you're away. And they would proceed to show these videos of their loved ones cheating on them, basically kissing people, dancing with people, in bed with people. But the twist is they didn't know if these were real videos or AI generated. So you've got these people just absolutely crushed by what they're seeing They don't know if it's real or if it's fake, sure looked real. And then they show the kind of the process of how they make these AI videos too, like what the real person looked like and then what the AI looked like. It was just crazy that they could do that. And there's so many- fascinating about, sorry, what's fascinating about this is that AI obviously is such a big topic right now, but I have never seen it used in a reality show. This was so incredible because, so what would happen is, Everyone, if we were in the, if we were in a group together, the five couple, the five people in that one couple would come in and they would play a video for them and it would show, you know, let's say it was me and they're playing the video. They just, it would show my boyfriend, um, talking dirty to a girl, all of a sudden making out with her, kissing her, sometimes even having sex with her. Now the catch was, did they believe that it was real or fake? And it was like, do you believe in your love that he would never do that? Or do you believe that this could be a fake video? And the way they did these AI things were so incredible because they would show the ones where they faked it and it looked exactly like them. I mean, it it was absurd, but to sit there and watch the pain on their faces of watching this person, they had come to show that their love was so strong. And within two days, they're having sex with someone else was, you know, awful to watch. And then they would go back to the house and based on that information, they would decide if they were going to cheat. So this is what was so upsetting about the premise of the show was because every time you got that information, it made you more apt to cheat or to 
break your bonds with that person because you didn't know if they were breaking them with you and your mind and eyes had just seen that they were having sex with someone else. So those people that were like, I would never cheat. I would never do anything to betray them. All of a sudden we're like, well, if they're doing it to me, I'm going to do it to them. And the worst part, I won't do any spoilers because I don't think you've seen the end yet or people listening may have not, but then they're played the tapes that are real and they're played the tapes that are fake. And some of these people have already like broken up by the end. And yeah. You know, so then it's like, do you choose to break up now? We're going to, yes or no. And then now we're going to show you if it was real or fake. And it's so, it's so, I mean, this, you guys, this Netflix show was awful. It was so awful, but it was like a train wreck. You could not stop watching it. And also it's a lesson on how good AI is and how advanced it is. And you cannot believe things you see. I mean, whether or not they're using that for commercials or movies or whatever, um, it just shows you that uh, so many things are smoke and mirrors and you just do not um, have any idea anymore. That's what interested me almost the most. <laughs> what are they going to use it for in the future? It gets in the hands of the wrong people and you've got blackmail happening. You've got people putting your face on the porn video or something. Totally. Like, or like saying, hey, to your spouse, they're in a relationship with me. Here's the video to prove it or something like that. There's so many evil uses. Yeah. It could go so far the wrong direction. And it's very was- scary, very scary. But AI, as I think I said on another show before, because I went to a conference on AI a couple of weeks ago and it showed how dangerous it could be, but it showed how great it could be. I mean, they are trying to break the code of language in animals. And they think that within the next 12 months, they'll be able to have a conversation with humpback whales, which is incredible. And in the next 10 years, they're going to be able to speak to animals like dogs. I mean, imagine having a conversation with your dog and being able to plug in what you want to say. And then the AI, the computer can spout out in their language, me saying, Hey, do you want steak in your meal tonight for dinner? Or don't run, a, don't throw, run through the gate when I leave to go to the gym today, whatever. <laughs> No, with Nala, don't run away out of the yard. It really makes me worry about you, Nala. Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, It would be so great to be able to say that. Or to say, listen, I'm coming back. I'm not leaving forever because the dogs get so upset when you walk out of the house. I know. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, so that was a crazy show. It was really kind of sad watching the emotions on their faces, you know. Made me question what I would do in that situation. So, yeah. yeah. Me too. I don't know. I don't want to be in that situation though. It kind of like made me like, well, cause they make out all the time and they're so good looking. I was like, damn, I need a boyfriend. But then <laughs> the cheating, the cheating part, I was like, no, thanks. Well, it just I, reminds I um, you how heartbreaking it is when you go through a breakup. It's just, it's worse than a broken leg. I mean, a broken heart is just the worst. So the worst, it's the worst pain. Definitely the worst. All right. So who do we have coming up next week? We have um, a couple amazing interviews. I think totally different interviews. We have, we have Tim's story on Monday, which was a fabulous interview. Very inspirational. If you're looking for finding some meaning in your life or a new direction, that's one to listen to. Yeah. So you guys, Tim's story is a life coach for celebrities such as Robert Downey Jr., Oprah Winfrey, Charlie Sheen, and has been um, known as the number one comeback coach in the world. And so we sit down with him for an hour and I talk to him all about his tips, tricks, any special things that he wants to give as a message about how to find this miracle mentality to change a setback into a comeback. So we had a really great conversation. I think it's very helpful for anyone who feels stuck in their first act and wants to move to their second act. So it's great. And even 
even if you, you know, by the way, it's a universal theme to feel like you're stuck a little bit. And we talked about that, like everyone in one way or another, another, whether it's at their job, in their families, with their relationship, whatever it is, people feel stuck. And this was just a great episode for that. And then on Wednesday, Melissa Rivers, what an icon. Yes, that was a great guest. And you guys, I'll give you a little spoiler alert. My computer died at the end of the interview. It was so horrifying. (laughs) And I I did that episode from my studio in my home and I had the entire crew out in the living room playing with my dogs who were going nuts and they were just trying to feed them snacks and no one was paying attention to the computer. And I noticed about a second before it died and I, it was almost like an explosion happening when you see someone go, Oh, what's that? And then it's like, boom, you know? So I was like, Oh, I think my my computer's about to die. Let let me plug it in. And I get up and then the the whole thing dies. And it was just a complete nightmare because of course you're talking to somebody like Melissa Rivers, who I've been trying to get on the show for four months. And then it kind of ends that way. So I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her or give her a good send out. But anyways, it was a great episode. I did have a full hour with her anyway. So yeah, it was a great one. So and then we will, of course, be back with happy hour on Friday as usual. Maybe we should drink that day. I don't yes, know. <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of drinking, guys, make sure that if you have an upcoming event that you order Le Cool Champagne. It's lecoolchampagne.com. Oh, okay. And then you can look it up on Instagram at Le Cool Grand Crew. Yeah. And they are having a special fun competition where if you come up with a drink, you can DM them the recipe and the best one they will put on their website they will talk about in their nightclub that they are performing in Vegas the catch is the drink has to be named after one of their songs so like get down on it and then you talk about what would be mixed with their champagne to be um, that drink so super fun I have been listening to Cool and the Gang non-stop since I was in Florida so yeah me too just a little thing coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have such great guests. We have Jeremy Jackson from Baywatch, Courtney Telia, the school teacher who uh, was struggling financially, decided to start an OnlyFans account and now makes millions of dollars coaching people and has a really special thing where she teaches anyone in the education industry for free. So um, I'm going to ask her a ton of questions about what it's like to start an OnlyFans account. And uh, so we, and a bunch of other people coming up. So just super exciting. But other than that, that's pretty much all we have for today. So have have a great great weekend. weekend. If you guys have any ideas for future guests or recommendations or anything you want to say, definitely DM us on our Instagram or email us at info misunderstood podcast at gmail.com spelled m-i-s-s understood yes yeah thank you so much please when you're done watching this video um subscribe like make a comment and if you've been listening please give us five stars and and write a little review it means so much thank you bye bye Thank you so much for listening to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or want to reach out? Email us at info misunderstood podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-S-S understood. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Misunderstood.